Money FM 89.3, best of workday afternoon. Hello and welcome into the Soul of Business on Money FM 89.3. I'm Melissa Hyak. And joining us on the line out of South Korea's Seoul uh, today is Mr. John Lee, CEO of H2O Hospitality, a provider of digital management solutions and services to customers in the business of accommodation facilities. Hello, John. Welcome to the show. Hello, everyone. Nice to meet you. Thank you for joining us out of uh, Seoul today, almost uh, close to the knocking off hour for the day. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, Some good news that came through on South Korea today. Uh, the COVID situation seems to be turning a corner. New infections hitting below 10,000 for the first time in four months. Um, how has the tourism situation been in South Korea? Actually, the domestic hospitality market has been recovering in Korea very fast, uh, past like six to eight months. Uh, however, the thing is, Korean tourism market before pandemic was actually composed of 30% domestic and 70% inbound. So we still have a long way to go. Mm. But uh, this was actually a great opportunity for local properties to increase the market share for the domestic customers. Mm. That's actually an interesting phenomenon in that in the last two years of stunted growth for uh, inbound tourism and traveling, right, um, we've seen the hospitality industry having to perhaps pivot a little bit to address more the the desires, the demands of the local market. So with the reopening of international borders, how do you see the industry again, you know, shaping up to welcome back, you know, uh, foreign visitors? Uh, I think it's definitely getting better with uh, each government easing their quarantine policies for Mm -hmm. overseas travelers. Uh, UNWTO indicated that the international tourist arrivals could actually grow by 30% to 78% mm-hmm. in 2022 this year, as compared to last year, 2021. Uh, however, this is still 50% to like 63% below the pre-pandemic mm. level. So it's definitely getting better, but we still have a long way to go. Right. Um, but it's been like almost two years, right, of uh, pent-up mm-hmm. demand and, and some are calling the return of travellers, you know, revenge travelling, right? So mm-hmm, yeah. for, for travellers, um, you know, again, because they haven't been able to travel for a long time, I'm thinking that there's a bit of a honeymoon period for the hospitality sector in having, in servicing again all these uh, c- uh, customers, right? What do you think travellers are looking for right now when they go on a holiday? And do you anticipate their attitudes uh, their expectations to evolve after they have kind of scratched this initial itch? I think the main aspect going forward uh, for hospitality industry will be digital experience. All the guests, uh, in fact, all of us, like you and I, including mm-hmm. everybody, uh, we're, we're addicted to our own smartphones, right? Uh, but the guest smartphone itself has not been directly connected with the hotel experience itself. So many hotels have actually tried to insert like tablets, third-party smartphones, or kiosks within the properties, but nobody actually used it. So mm-hmm. now this will be the main aspect for the hospitality industry as it will enhance not only the guest experience, but also enhance how hotels can manage their guest data as well. Mm. Could you give us a, a couple of uh, more specific examples of how this digital transformation can enhance the traveler's experience? So we divide into two different aspects, uh, mm-hmm. one from hotel operation aspect and the other is a guest experience aspect. Mm-hmm. From hotel operation uh, perspective, uh, we actually try to digitize, we call it digital transformation, in terms of how hotels are operated. Mm-hmm. So basically, a lot of these hotel operation at the moment, even the five-star hotels, 
are based on paper base or manual bases. Uh-huh. Uh, for example, a lot of these reservation information comes through as a fax, email, or text messages, uh-huh. even if you use channel management system. So what we're trying to do is we're trying to automate all the manual aspects and the paper, but we're trying to discard all the paper-based uh, operation to automate most of these operations. The second part is actually the guest experience part. Uh, We try to insert the hotel experience within the guest smartphone. How we're doing this is uh, we don't make our guests download any apps or go to front Mm -hmm. desk or receive the key. We actually use, we utilize guest existing messaging apps or SNS apps or email apps. So we send out this uh, web link uh, that it contains the smart check-in uh, web app. Right. So once they click this uh, web link, this separate web app pops up so that you can do the smart check-in. You can verify yourself. You mm-hmm. can put in your payment information. Mm-hmm. After everything is done, uh, we send out a PIN code to these guests. Mm-hmm. And these PIN codes are generated by our smart locks. Uh, we also have a subsidiary that manufactures smart lock, and it's actually an OTP-based. Mm-hmm. So this smart lock generates the PIN code for the reservation and based on the reservation information of the guests. So once they receive this PIN code for their room, the room's also designated automatically. So the guests don't have to uh, go to any front desk or meet anybody. They can just straight go to their room and then check in and get into their room without downloading any app or without uh, receiving any physical keys. Hmm. Now, one of the draws for me, the appeal f- uh, for me to, to your solution is that there's no need to download another app. Uh, is you know, The phone has a finite amount of memory space, so not having to deal with another app is great, right? At the same time, when you talked about um, sending a link and, and, and having uh, going to a browser page, for it. The first question that came to my mind is what kind of um, digital security uh, is in place, right? Because once you go to, to a browser system, then you, mm-hmm. you entering, you're entering a, a very public sort of ecosystem, aren't you? Oh, it's actually a web app based. So it's, it's goes, it goes through H2O server. It's not ah, public. Ah, okay. So, so at your end, you would have yeah. a very robust sort of uh, digital security infrastructure in place. Yes, that is correct. Right. Okay, with, with all that in mind, um, the past two years have also allowed um, many businesses in the hospitality industry to consolidate, uh, to improve their operations. Share with us your company's plans to pre- mm-hmm. prepare for, for this reopening of the borders because, you know, that's what your clients, right, are engaged yeah. in. Uh, to be very honest, most of the hotels only had two options uh, during the pandemic. Like they either continue to operate with big loss or just close down for a while. But mm. H2O, we're offering them third option, which is operate without losing money. Hmm. So ironically, Details, uh, H2O, please. <laughs> yeah, we, we actually, uh, even though we're an oper- hospitality management company, we actually took advantage of the pandemic as a need for digital transformation increase during this period. So our, our main value proposition for our client is actually very simple. Uh, it's we make more money for you. So even though we're a hospitality management company, pandemic became a huge opportunity for us because we believe that the digital transformation of the hotel not only supports the overall hotel PNL, but also enhance the guest experience as well, like I mentioned before. So we're very uh, excited about the reopening and we believe that our clients 
have a jumpstart. When I say clients, it's actually a properties, hotel, hospitality mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or leisure properties. Mm-hmm. Uh, we believe they have a jumpstart opportunities over other hotels as they already have adapted the new type of operation within their operational flow. So without naming names, could you give us a, a, a real life example, right, of how you, how you helped a property with option three? So uh, there, are, there are several properties, like we have been uh, turning their P&L around. Uh, we currently manage around 40,000 uh, units in Japan and Korea. Mm-hmm. We don't just focus on one sector. Uh, we actually cover from vacation rental to five-star hotels as well. Right. And uh, we have been uh, not only continue their uh, positive P&Ls, but we also were able to increase uh, some of the weekday revenue for these hospitality properties as well. How did you do that? So we have two different methods. Uh, first is diversifying the sales channel. So it's not just, so the, historically, uh, these so-called uh, reservation teams have been managing uh, these reservation information physically. So they could only have a certain amount of sales channels uh, they can manage in order to prevent the double booking and et cetera. Uh, but as it is automated, they were able to increase not only the number of the online channels, but also the offline travel agency channels as well. So as you increase the number of channels, you can also uh, increase uh, the occupancy rate and also the ADR as well. The mm-hmm. second method is through our B2B sales platform. Mm-hmm. So what we've done was that during the pandemic, uh, we saw a significant decrease in the weekday sale because there was no business trips anymore. Mm. So what we've done was that we came up with our own B2B sales platform that has mostly uh, people who worked under ship basis. So a lot of people from uh, factories like uh, Samsung Electronics Factory or SK Mm. Hynix Factory Mm. or platform laborers who basically work based on ships. Mm. And these people, their weekend is actually not Saturday, Sunday. Their weekend is Monday, Tuesday, or Tuesday, Wednesday. Mm, And we provided them with a corporate rate. So basically, corporate rate is well known for white-collar workers. Mm. But these people who work based on shifts, they had no idea what corporate rate was. Mm. Because we're a management company, we could receive uh, sales blocks, corporate rate sales blocks from the properties. And Mm. we were able to provide these uh, for the people who were in needs the most. So these people were able to book hotels like up to 40% cheaper compared to uh, the OTA prices. So through these sales channels, different sales channels, Mm -hmm. we were able to increase at least 30% of the weekday sales for our properties. I can just imagine um, what's going through the heads of, of those who in the hotel businesses uh, who are listening to us right now. They were probably wondering, like, why didn't you get this guy on air sooner? Right? <laughs> would, what would, would people consider that uh, option three, for example, right now, you know, borders are reopening. Do we still need? How useful is this option now? It's actually uh, the part that we're focused more is not cutting the expenses more. It's mm. actually uh, being more efficient and mm. increasing the direct booking portion. Mm. So the part that we focus the most is how can we increase more on uh, the direct booking portion so that mm. the retention, the CRM, can actually be done by the property itself Mm. so that we don't need to be dependent on OTAs 
little bit more. Well, one of the things I found that um, tend to draw me to, for example, you're talking about direct uh, interaction with the property right, or, or direct purchasing of rooms, right, for example, from the property, would be the rates offered by some of the intermediaries being quite a lot better than the, than the properties themselves. So how does this circumvent that part where, you know, for some, for some travellers like myself, where price point is also an important uh, factor to consider? So the reason I'd say the direct booking uh, actually helps guest experience more is because the direct booking is also cheaper. Oh, they're always cheaper compared to the OTA prices, which is online travel agencies, mm, mm. because the property has to pay the commission to oh. the sales commission okay. to these online travel agencies. Okay. And online travel agencies have not been sharing appropriate uh, guest information with Whoa. properties okay. uh, since years ago right. so they, they couldn't actually uh, do CRM or do the retention management by themselves because a lot of these guest information uh, didn't come through so what we basically done is through our smart check-in system mm. we receive not only guest data guest information mm. but also every single data point of the guest during the stay Right. So for for example, let's say John had like three steaks during the stay, mm. uh, during the during my stay. Mm. What we can do is we can actually send out a message, promotion message mm. through the messaging app that mm -hmm. John uses mm -hmm. and give a steak coupon for their his next stay. Right. This actually has much higher retention mm. uh, because mm. this is what John actually wants from that Mm. Uh, hotel or mm. during his tour. Mm. So, but the price of this one text message going out mm. is actually like less than one cent. Mm. But mm. if you actually do a SEO marketing through uh, online travel agencies, mm. it's extremely expensive. Mm. But the retention is not guaranteed. Hmm, that lesson I can tell uh, is also can be applicable to not just the hospitality sector, but for any sector that may rely on intermediaries to reach their customers. Thank you, mm -hmm. and 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 I think one of the key things would be, you know, the the properties, for example, will be arming themselves mm -hmm. with data, and this is the age of information. John Lee, yeah. CEO of H2O Hospitality, thank you so much for speaking with us uh, out of so South much. Korea, out of Seoul. All the best for your business. Thank you so much. Thank you for your time and information. I'm Melissa here for the Workday Afternoon. You are with Money FM 89.3. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.